I love that guy. Gather around the virgin? Okay. I don't know what that means either, actually. So, what happens when you are having to walk through your house when it's dark in the middle of the night? Okay, you know what I'm talking about? You've got to get from point A to point B inside your house. It's dark. It's the middle of the night. One of the things that happens is there is a conflict between your brain and your body. Your brain has an ego. Your brain is very arrogant. And so when you get ready to go from point A to point B inside your very dark house in the middle of the night, your brain will say to your hand, don't turn that light on. You don't need that light. We know our way around this house. You don't need to turn that light on. And your hand will actually question the brain. The hand will say, are you sure we're not turning on the light? And the brain will snap back. No, don't turn the light on. And then the toes, they chime in from the floor. Wait a second, man. Turn the light on. I don't want to go through that again. Turn the light on. Now, when we lived in Amarillo, we lived in the exact same house for 10 years. And I know that house. I know where every step is up and down. I know where all the walls are. I know where all the furniture is, tables, chairs, shelves. I can do anything in that house in the pitch black, dark middle of the night. Middle of the night. Can't see my hand in front of my face, half asleep. I can get out of bed, make my way to the bathroom, through the living room, through the dining room, to the back door to check that, back into the kitchen, get a drink of water, on my way back to bed, stop by the pantry just to see if there's anything that might interest me there, and then back into the bedroom without even turning on a light. I'm very comfortable in my own environment in the dark. Unless somebody leaves something on the floor, then I'm in trouble, like a shoe. At any point, at any time in my house, There can be up to 56 different shoes just scattered all over the floor, which makes no sense to me because everybody's only got two feet. So figure that. But I think most of us are like this. In our own environments, we're pretty good in the dark. We can make our way through life from point A to point B pretty good in the dark. In our own environment, we can actually be very comfortable in the dark. In fact, we can become so comfortable and so used to it, we may not even be aware that it's dark. Listen to the word of the Lord as he speaks through his prophet Isaiah. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. What's the big deal about light? If you don't even know, you're living in the dark. I hope you know this. Maybe you don't. It's dark in Midland. Brothers and sisters, we're living in darkness. The homeless rate across this whole country is going down, but in Midland, it's going up. There are more than 200 homeless people living in our city. 
A lot of them are young children, which explains why the average age of a homeless person in Midland is 11. More than 52% of the students in the Midland School District are classified as at risk, and that's higher than the state average. Almost 45% of our public school students are classified as economically disadvantaged. Domestic violence in Midland is going up. 10% of the citizens in our city are living in poverty. The teenage pregnancy rates are going down all over this country, but here in Midland, those rates are going up. Texas ranks fourth in the nation in teenage pregnancy rates, and Midland's rate is 46% higher than that. Midland is 109% higher than the national teenage pregnancy rate. There is a baby born to a teenage mother in Midland every 43 hours. Last year in Midland, there were 160 abortions performed. It's dark in Midland. But our Father in heaven, the creator of heaven and earth, our Father looks down on compassion with his children and he says, I will not leave them in that darkness. I'm going to turn the light on. God says the light is going to dawn for my people walking in darkness. I'm going to send this great light. And as a result of God's intervention, because of God's gracious act, the people will experience great joy. You have enlarged the nation and increased our joy. They rejoice before you. Don't you love that? They rejoice before you. As people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder, for as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will become fuel for the fire. The people will rejoice. When the dawn breaks, they will rejoice before God, just like the farmers do at a record-breaking harvest. They will rejoice before God like a POW who's been released from a concentration camp. The people will rejoice as if a loved one has been brought back from the dead, like a lottery winner, like a Hail Mary touchdown pass to win the Super Bowl. The people will rejoice. When the dawn arrives, the yoke will be shattered. The burden will be lifted. The enemy's tools will be destroyed. Light will shine into the darkness. Church, victory will come out of defeat and life will spring from death. And the people will rejoice. When? When is this going to happen? And how? How in the world is God going to accomplish this? Verse 6. For to us a child is born. To us, to us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
prince of peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Praise God. Amen. God accomplishes the salvation of the world in the birth of a little baby. Emmanuel. God with us. It's the single most remarkable thing that's ever happened in the history of the universe because God can't become a human. God cannot put on our flesh and blood. God, eternal creator and sustainer of life, he cannot put on our skin and bones. The barriers of time and space and divinity are just too much. Right? Wrong. Praise God again. That is the wrong answer. The right answer is that this passage in Isaiah is setting us up for the most astounding, literal, historical, and real event that's ever happened. The incarnation of God. We talked about this last Sunday. God in the flesh. God as a helpless human baby born to peasant parents in a stable. It's real. It happened. The creator did become one of the created. The sinless perfection did become our sin. The immortal and everlasting became mortal and suffered on this earth. Brothers and sisters, God is with us. All the way, God is with us. And for us, and the people rejoice. You know, we look at Jesus. We look at this baby in a manger. This is not a messenger. This is not an ambassador sent to us by God from heaven. This is actually God himself in the flesh. So God doesn't just send us his help from heaven. He actually comes here where we are and bears our burdens himself. He doesn't just look down on us with love. He actually comes here and joins us here. 100% God, 100% human. Don't ask me how that works. I have no idea. But this light This true light, the Bible says, that gives life to every person. This Jesus, this Christ, this holy son of God. It's through this king that that God destroys the destroyer. God in the flesh comes to this earth and he walks our streets. And he touches our people. And he hugs our kids. And he heals our diseases. And he brings peace to our souls. And he eats with us and drinks with us and he loves us and he brings with him to us this eternal kingdom of God, this this kingdom of everlasting peace of which there will be no end. And the people rejoice. Jesus is talking about this kingdom that he's bringing. He talks about it in Matthew 11 and he talks about his, his kingdom 
in the terms of results. Like this is a real kingdom. You can see it. You can measure it. This kingdom that I am bringing to this earth, you can experience it. It's real, right? He, he tells the disciples of John the Baptist, he says, you go back to that guy and you tell him what you're seeing. Tell him what you're hearing. Tell John that the kingdom of God is here. Tell him that the blind are receiving sight, the lame are walking, and those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf are beginning to hear, the dead are being raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. When Jesus came, people were rejoicing. Jesus is born in Bethlehem, and hurting people are comforted. Distressed people are encouraged. Hopeless people are given hope. Prisoners are being released. Captives are given their freedom. Outcasts are brought into a home. Cold people are made warm. Hungry people are made full. Sick people are made well. Sinful people are forgiven. And the devil's grip on God's men and women and children of this earth is broken forever. Sin and death and Satan, listen to me, all the things that steal our joy and our peace, all the things that separate us from God and separate us from one another, all of that has been destroyed forever by this new dawn, by this new light, and the people rejoice. In Jesus, weak people are given power, tired people are made to run like little kids and old people soar on wings of eagles that's our king that's our lord that's jesus christ the holy son of god church the light has dawned unto us a child is born and the people rejoice they can't help it and as followers and imitators of this Savior, of this incarnate God who saves us. Brothers and sisters, we are charged with proclaiming that new day. We are charged with sharing that life and with embodying that light. We shouted from the rooftops, yes, that God through Christ has defeated all evil in this world. We scream it every day, but we also pay better attention to where God is shining his light into the darkness. We look for it. We anticipate it. 1 John 2 says, the darkness has already gone and the light is already shining. Is it? Is it really? Yeah, it is. Can't you see it? Because I can see it. By God's grace, last Sunday, this church gave $162,110 to help the hurting people in this city. This church did that by the grace of God. The light is shining. The darkness church is going away. This church is feeding more and more hungry and hurting people right outside these doors at Mission Agape every single week right here on this campus. We are providing more meals and we're delivering more food for the homeless through our great partnership with Family Promise. We're taking care of more struggling students and we're helping more desperate young people 
through the rope ministry. We're providing more protection and healing and assistance for single moms and their children who are coming out of abuse and addiction through our great partnership with Midland Fair Havens. And I just, there's a lot more than that, but I just feel like God's great light is, is shining on us today. And I feel like it is actually concentrated maybe right here in our part of the city. Like, like there's this great star from the east and it's parked right on top of our building here at GCR. And if they don't see it yet, Pretty soon, everybody in the city is going to know that this is one of those places where their yoke will be shattered and where their burden can be lifted and where the light of Jesus Christ can change lives and change the whole world. I believe that. Do you see it? Do you see it at all? Because I do. And as recipients of God's amazing love and grace, church, we've got to do more than just talk about it. We must be a community of faith that demonstrates the evidence of that great light. It is God with us. It is not God instead of us. We partner with our God. We work with him. And by the power of his Holy Spirit, we join God, shining his light into the darkness around us. Listen to me, brothers and sisters, the people of Midland Texas. The people of the United States, they don't need a new president. They don't need a new form of government. We don't need better security or tougher laws or more jobs programs or a more entertaining way of waging war. What people need is Jesus. People need his light. Amen. Back to Isaiah 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. You know who the us is? It's us. This is us right here. We were the ones in darkness. We were the ones imprisoned by Satan. We were the ones held in slavery by our sins and paralyzed by our fears. We were walking in darkness. We were the sentenced prisoners. You were already given up for gone. You were hopeless. And so was I. But now because, because God in his infinite mercy and love through no merit of our own, you didn't do anything, neither did I. By God's great grace and by God's great grace alone, we are rescued, church. We are freed. We are liberated from our sin and from everything that might separate us from God and from each other. In Jesus Christ, the child who's been given to us. We are walking in the light as he is in the light. And we resolve today as a, as a community of faith. We resolve to shine that same saving light into the dark and dreary places of this city. Amen? Amen. Stand with me, church. I want to read from Colossians chapter 1. Give thanks to the Father. Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom 
of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Brothers and sisters, we are not just rescued from ourselves. We're not just liberated from our sins. We are snatched out of the clutches of Satan himself. We are delivered to walk in newness of life. You were lost. But now you're found. You were a slave, but now you're free. You were blind, but now you see. And you were dead. You were. You were dead. We were all dead. But now, because of the coming of Jesus Christ, we're all alive today and forever to walk and to live and to worship and to serve in his light. Praise God. Amen.